This is Chris Woodward with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Today's episode is Do It for Durrett. If you don't know what that is, we're going to have Emily Jones on here in just a minute. She's going to come on. Her and Jeff, my partner, are actually sitting on the board of Do It for Durrett. Uh, it's uh, it's an organization that, that celebrates the life of uh, former beat reporter for ESPN and other publications, Richard Durrett, who passed away suddenly back in 2014. Jeff, uh, you were good friends with him. I can remember the conversation we had about him when Kathy and I were in Arizona, the Jerry Fraley conversation where that's he, he kind of lightened up the late Jerry Fraley uh, after Richard. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I Richard, uh, I, you just can't say enough nice things about him. There's only one person who, who didn't like Richard as far as I know. And, um, it was, uh, uh obviously a shocker <laughs> to all of us. The team was in Oakland. Um, I don't remember much about the game. I just know that you Darvish pitched and we found out, oh, probably about an hour before the game. And it just was a blur from there on out. Um, you know, the, it's just, we can get into this more with Emily, but yep. Yep. Uh, you know, what, what we've done uh, is, is really great. And, you know, we, we don't help out Richard's family anymore. We only did that one time. Uh, Kelly, his, his wife, she's on the board, three kids. They'll be at the event uh, that's coming up uh, Saturday, and uh, it's they're they're just remarkable. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it, it's it, from from a horrible negative has come come some positives. So uh, that's that's kind of a, a good way to look at it. Well, when Emily gets here, I, that's questions I've got too. This just exactly what the organization does. I've really kind of jumped in on it in the last couple of years, even before I came and joined you. Uh, started doing the golf tournament. Uh, and doing stuff like that. And the story was compelling back then. Um, let's go to our sponsor real quick. And right after that, we'll, 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 we'll get into talking. And we'll bring Emily on. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. Okay, we're back. And listen, after Emily's on, not not just that, we, you were at Fall Instructs uh, the last three days. So part of the podcast was there. You were posting out some great videos on the YouTube channel, uh, Texas Ranger Baseball Podcast. You guys got to go look at that. 
I am going to dive into that with you. I want to talk about what you saw, some of the players there. Um, um, if you had a chance to talk to anybody, um, I know that you were all over the place and putting out some great stuff on the Texas Ranger baseball newsletter at jeffwilson.substack.com. Um, but uh, I'm excited to talk about that because we – someone that I'm partners with was at that, and that and you were, like, putting yeah. out some great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I you know, we uh... – the instructor ran a little longer this year and, and typically when we go out for the, the pro scouting meetings, you know, the, the front office meets with the scouts and they try to carve up the off season plan. And, um, usually those just during the following. So it's only following guys there, but this year, uh, it, it coincided with the end of the end of instructs and, um, it was great. You know, I, I just, you know, draft picks, got guys that, uh, you've been meaning to catch up with the, the rehabbers are still there. So you can, you can grab them and talk to them. It's just kind of a, uh, a good, good progress report, I guess, you know, trying to, they, they finished their seasons in many cases, their first season. And, uh, some of them are coming off of injury, like our, our, our pal, Ricky Venasco. Yeah. So it's just, it's good to get a feel for where they are. And look, I mean, I, I know the Rangers have all this money that they supposedly are, are going to spend, but, uh, the, the, a healthy franchise has a healthy farm system. And th these are the guys that are going to supplement players who you know, get traded or, or leave uh, in free agency or get hurt and have to retire, stuff like that. Right. These are the guys. So, um, and, and some of them, you know, you're not going to see them for three or four years. That's fine. But, uh, it, it's just really interesting to, to, to see who they are and then, and then, you know, meet them now and watch them grow. And that's, that's kind of what this, the most satisfying thing of player development is, is you, you know, these, these guys who do player development for the Rangers, they get these players when they're in some cases, 18 years old, some cases, 16 years old with right. players from Latin America. Right. And just, just watch them mold and develop and not just develop physically, but, but as people too. And I think that's incredibly satisfying for a lot of people. All right. Well, I'm, we're going to dive all into that right after this. But right now, let's bring on Emily and talk about Do It For Durrett. And right after that, I'm going to grill you about what all you saw there, some of the players, bring out names and see if you actually got a chance to talk to some of them. I know you were a short time. You were only there about two and two and a half days uh, before you got out. Um, but let's do that right after this. Let's bring Emily on. All right, guys, joining us right now to talk about Do It For Durrett and uh, also talk about what she's doing now. You've seen her on TV on Bally Sports, she's the Texas Ranger sideline reporter, Emily Jones-McCoy. Emily, before we get going, I need to ask this because of previous experience. Do you need to go to the potty? Uh, I don't. <laughs> if you keep me longer than 30 minutes, that answer could definitely change. <laughs> Sorry, that's a joke between us and her and Julie Dobbs, which has happened twice, and it's hilarious. I can't. I mean, it's a real thing. It's a you know, and you dudes. I don't know if y'all have to deal with it, but once you pop out a couple kids, things just aren't the same. I'm just telling well, you. I've not popped out kids, so um, but I do have this giant bottle of water. Just yeah, popped. and I'm listen. I'm a huge water drinker, so um, it's probably a combination of both. But I appreciate you asking. A, uh, if I needed to use the restroom first, I tried to take care of my business beforehand. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, we're here to talk about tomorrow night. You guys sit on the board of this, the do it for Durrett foundation, which is fantastic. First of all, I've got to stop you. It's Durrett, not Durrett. Durrett. I, I keep getting correct. Durrett. And I know Kelly, I met Kelly and played golf with her and Owen and, and, and her daughter. <laughs> but I'm, you just said, I mean, you've said Durrett. This is like the first two times you've said Durrett. 
the whole time. Really? I said during. I said during. Okay. I'm, well, I'm a hick, yeah. guys. I am a just a Texas hick. You know, my wife is from Illinois and gives me crap about how I talk half the time anyway. Anyway. Sure, it's, we'll forget you. We'll forget you. <laughs> okay. So tomorrow night, though, tell us about tomorrow night and, and exactly the thing Jeff and I. First of all, Richard Durrett, I, uh, Durrett, Richard Durrett, I used to follow him on ESPN. Loved him. Uh, didn't get a chance to meet uh, Richard ever. Uh, but uh, Kelly is just amazing. She talked to me about my son, Kevin. We had a long talk driving around the golf course. Played in the golf tournament a couple of years in a row now. Tell us about this foundation, exactly what it does. Well, our, our whole mission is to assist financially uh, families impacted by sudden loss. And, you know, obviously the foundation is named after Richard and was developed after the initial fundraiser that we did for Kelly, his widow, and his, at that time, two children and one unborn child, which right. Kelly was pregnant at the time he died. And so after Richard died, we all kind of uh, galvanized together, uh, Jeff, myself, Anthony, Andro, um, John Daniels, to you know, really want to do something to help Kelly and the family because we just felt like that's what Richard would have done for one of us. It was important to us as his friends and his colleagues to make sure that Kelly and the kids were taken care of at least you know, as much as we possibly could. So we organized a um, charity concert, fundraiser, live and silent auction event that first year and raised over $200,000 for Kelly and for the kids. And we felt really good about that. Um, but then Kelly and in particular, John Daniels really had the, the idea and the desire to keep the thing going, to keep Richard's name alive and to keep the good work going. And so that's when we formed the Do It For Durrett Foundation. And to date we've raised over a hundred and, I mean, sorry, a million, like a million, I think we're at one, two, one, five. It's, one, it's a, one, it's three, last million. I heard, 1.3 was what I heard. So it, we should get over one, one and a half million very soon. So we've been able to help um, upwards of 130 families um, coming from, you know, all different types of situations. and one thing that we really pride ourselves on is the fact that we've never had to turn anyone away. Um, and anyone who has been brought to us, we have been able to assist them in some way. And that's something that we really take a huge amount of pride in. Another thing we take a great amount of pride in is there's no application process. There's not, when someone's dealing with sudden loss, you don't have time to fill out an application. Absolutely. Right. You know, a, a paragraph about why you need this money. So it's a very informal process to where, you know, one of the board members is notified about a family in need. We do the due diligence on it. We jump on a text string. We tell the group about it. The group votes. And there will be times where the group will have voted. And then we'll reach out to the family and the family will say, you know what, actually, our insurance is great. We're doing fine. We had a GoFundMe. And they'll say, we don't want to take away money from a family who really needs it. We feel like we're in good shape. If we if we, you know, arrive at the point where we feel like we do need your help, we'll reach back out. But people have been really great about that, that it's been people who really, really need this financial assistance. So it's something we're all very, very proud of. And, you know, outside of my, my family, I mean, this is the thing I'm the most proud of because it's, it makes a huge difference in the lives of people with, in a very, very difficult time. And it's doing it um, in the name of, um, you know, one of the, the, the coolest and kindest humans I've ever known. Yeah, I, I remember, I want to give a sh little acknowledgement to Eric Nadell. Because um, right after it happened, the team was in Oakland. He, he was there too. Um, 
but I remember flying back on a red eye. Um, and when I landed, I was checking my email or text messages and, and he had said, how about doing something like a, a concert or something like that, which he has experience doing and does he's for big into, Yeah. He's big into music. Um, and, and, and so it, it took off from there and all, all 30 MLB teams helped, uh, donated stuff like the Yankees donated a Derek Dieter bat, the Cubs donated a uh, Ernie Banks, you know, autographed Jersey, just, just great stuff. And, um, so, and, and it's, it's continued. Uh, we don't reach out to the teams individually anymore. Um, but we know so many other players and <laughs> that, and, and there's still some around who, who, who knew Richard and are, are glad to help and, and really go out of their way to do it. And, uh, number one on the list is Derek Holland, but uh, it, it goes goes beyond him as well. So uh, it's a like Emily said, when it comes to things that I've done in my life, uh, family and, and this are are right at the top. This is, a, I mean, look, this is, a, it's a fantastic thing to watch from the outside and, and watch it. I remember when, when, when Richard died, it, it was just, all of us were like in shock and what you guys did. I remember they had the thing at the, the, the uh, at, at the old ballpark in Arlington where they had, you guys were handing out the, the money and doing that. And Kelly, look, I, I'm a guy, I didn't deal with sudden loss, but I was a guy, I know when you're in a fog and you can't think past what's going on right in front of you with my son, this is we never lost a child. I mean, we didn't lose Kevin, but it, I can't imagine not having to fill out applications and stuff and just helping a family as someone who's been there, not felt what they felt. I can tell you, your, your mind isn't on what am I going to do for bills or anything? You're in a devastation mode and, or a worry mode for us. Kelly was so sweet. We sat and talked for a long time uh, on that golf course, just an amazing woman. And it seems perfect after meeting her that she would say, keep this thing going. There are families that are going to need this. Yeah. And she's, you know, if, if, and I didn't know Kelly, honestly, until after Richard died. Yeah. And so getting to know her and just knowing Richard's personality, um, you know, knowing what a good heart he had and then meeting Kelly, you realize she was the perfect compliment to him. Um, and, and, and Richard was kind and wonderful, but Kelly is like the kindest human being I've ever encountered, like overly kind, like to where you're like, God, I'm not very nice. She's so awesome. Um, and so it's been fun getting to see the kids grow up. It's been fun. It's been fun to, and, and gratifying to, for the, for Owen and Alice and Margo to get to see that their dad's legacy lives on and and for them to have that and so yeah. you know it, like jeff said it's just it's something we're, we're really proud of and we're also so grateful because it really has been like a community from day one i mean we have the same people coming to our events every year and it's because they love the foundation they love what we're doing and and they want to honor richard's legacy as well and so for us that that that's really cool because it's not just some like cool event that everyone wants to go to because it's you know, kick-ass time, which it is, sure, but it's it is, they it is. feel like they're a part of this. They feel like they're a part of the do it for dirt family. And that to us is hugely important. Yeah. And um, yeah, with everything Emily just said, I echo hundred percent. You concur. We, we, it is, it is a community and um, it's great. And it, it, it's a growing community. And uh, I don't, I don't know if we ever thought we'd make it this far, 
and it just seems like we don't know what we're doing i mean we're literally just like it's not like any of us had ever ran a nonprofit before but i mean we we literally just kind of fly by the seat of our pants but we also know that we're doing everything with good intention and sure. that we're doing it with the support of that community so we don't feel like there's any way at this point in time that we can fail at something we're like okay we've got this community of people and they they support us they love us they're going to help us figure this thing out and that's basically what we've been doing for the last what seven years yeah yeah, yeah. And this is yeah we didn't have an event last year because nobody had events last year but right people, people still donated money and we were still able to help people so that's yeah. And with COVID, I mean, there were, there were some sudden losses anyway. I mean, so that, that's amazing. So look, I didn't know Richard personally, you guys do. I've heard nothing but unbelievable. Was he funny? What kind of guy was Richard? Huh? Kind hearted, funny, um, smart, incredibly smart, uh, worked hard. That's why we, that's why it's the Richard Dirt uh, hardest working man award that yeah. the Rangers have every mm-hmm. year. Um, he, you know, was a man of faith. He, he sang in the church choir. I mean, he, he was, he, you know, it was pretty funny. I remember at the, the service, uh, his, uh, the pastor said uh, something to the effect of he, he must've had lunch six or seven times a day because he was always asking people for, to, to lunch, just to, just to check up on them and see how they're doing. And uh, that's just, I don't, I don't, it's, that's a, that's a special person right there. That's, and he was, he was also very quirky. Like he was super quirky. He was like, my favorite story is when we would go to the press conferences after the games and Wash was there at the time and we'd leave the press conference and based on, you know, what was happening, you know, in the game, what had happened in the game or what was said in the postgame press conference, and we would head straight from the media room to, to the clubhouse and it would never fail that like Richard would, I could hear him coming and I could hear his footsteps behind me and he's mumbling stuff and he wants to like, break it all down in that you know 20 second span we have from the from the media room to the clubhouse and i'd be like okay richard we'll break it down tomorrow like let's we got we got stuff to do and you know he just wanted to break anyway he was but he was he was he was funny he was quirky he was kind um he was a good he was a good human and um and and his his family is definitely a reflection of that and he knew everything about sports not just baseball like Uh, everything he was just a sports and nerd. Remember when he came? Were you in the press box that day? He came in with like horse racing BS, and I was like, "What? What are we? What are we doing? You're, now you're like a horse racing expert?" He was right. like, well, "You know, out at Lone Star Park and ball." And he, had like, to, oh. he had to cover the Breeders' Cup. One year. Breeders, that's what it was. It was uh, they got they. Uh, I think had uh, bought out Gary West like the week of the breed the, the Breeders' Cup. And so Richard had to go do the Breeders' Cup for the morning news. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, he was perfect at it. Oh, yeah. Of course. Nailed it. Yeah. Well, he had to be a good guy. Getting to know Kelly, I mean, for someone to 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 love that guy, he had to be something special because she was amazing. Was he a golfer? His son was out driving me, which sort of pissed me off because he's only 12. Uh, But he – Richard played. He he wasn't great, but he was – he had a great – he had a great swing. He really did it. He had a nice swing, but he, he probably he was better a, than me. Probably about a 10 or a 12. Well, that's yeah. better than me, but good Lord. Owen was killing the ball out there driving around with, and that was another thing you talk about how great of a person Kelly's. She must oh. apologize to Jeff and I a hundred times. Thank you guys for, I'm so sorry. Thank you guys for letting us. And we were like, are you kidding me? I'm just mad. He's out driving me. All right. Oh, now. Man. So that's tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, that's it. 
uh, let's talk about the auction real quick. Okay, yeah, yeah. Tell us what's what all we've got. I know yeah, Ron Washington. Live auction for people who are there, like our big events, like a you know a trip to Cooperstown or to the All Star Game, or uh, Emily's volunteers <laughs> to do about a thousand uh, little dinners and golf with the Emily. wine tasting with me. Wine There's with dinner her. with the mom game with me and Julie. Right. Yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah, uh, and then wow. we have the silent auction, which for the first time we're doing online at. 32auctions.com slash D-I-F-D. And uh, we have a lot of great stuff. And I'm going to try to show this one, which is, I think right now, the, the most popular item, this Shohei Otani autograph bat. Uh, let me see if I can get it on here. Uh, yeah. That's cool. The, the autograph is right there. Shohei. Who got you that one? Uh, it's, so I will say, so John Daniels will put the bug in the air of Brandon Boyd. Brandon Boyd, the Rangers equipment manager, completely slayed. Like he, and it was a great idea that he had. He said, can you print, can you send me something so that when I'm asking these players for stuff, they know what it's going toward. Right. And so it's not just some like, hey, can I get an autograph back? Sure. So they know it's like for a legit cause. So we, I gave him our mission statement and said, here, how about this? And it told the story of the foundation. And so he printed that out and would, as he would make requests with visiting teams, he would say, this is what yeah. it's for. And so he was able to get us so much stuff this year. And we're so grateful to Brandon. And I mean, stuff that I, and I know JD would get in his ear, but I think he kind of got into it as well. Like he was like, okay, I, I'm behind this. And Brandon and his wife, Giselle, I think are going to be there on Saturday. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad that he's going to be able to, to be there to kind of see firsthand, you know, what this was about. Cause Brandon was not, he wasn't there when Richard was there. He may have been. Might've been in Frisco, but he knew Richard. Right, yes. Right. Um, so anyway, it's, it, it's really cool. And so to, for those guys, like Jeff said, he knew him um, cause he was in Frisco. He did have that connection with Richard. So to have those people with that connection still remain tied to it and, and, and willing to help us is, is, a, is a really neat thing. Yeah, and another another guy who kind of does what Brandon did is Ron Washington, and uh, right, Wash doesn't just get brave stuff; he gets stuff from like all the teams that he can. And, and National uh, League, National, well, yeah, National League, some American League if it, there's an interleague series. But Wash knew Richard real well, and um, Wash just he'll just call me up and be like, "All right, um, you know." I got, I got stuff. And, uh, this year it was, uh, it was like 13, I think 13 or 14 autograph balls of, of guys who you, you definitely know, you know, and yeah, uh, including the Braves guys. So, um, but it's, it's good. It gets back to the community and, and, and with Brandon hopping in, like he has, it, it's, it's grown that way and people see what we do. It's a good cause. That man, it's, it's fantastic cause. I, I I'm sorry. I just, I fell in love with it. I played in the golf tournament for the first time a couple of years ago, uh, and then last year too. And so it was like I'm going to do this from now on. And they didn't have the 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 thing last year where everyone got together. And so I was excited when this came out. And we were going to do it. So I I just love, especially after meeting Kelly. I'm like I, I want to help, do whatever I can do. And uh, now that I'm part of the Jeff Wilson uh, newsletter here, I'm 
I'll be volunteered for stuff, I'm assuming. So, and that's fine. I mean, I don't care. I just, uh, I think that I love this cause. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. I didn't know Richard personally. I read his stuff. I knew him because I read all his stuff, but uh, I, I think this is fantastic. Well, I'm glad we were talking, we're talking about it because I, I know, I know last week we tried to talk about it and uh, uh, I had a, a, a cyber attack and we weren't able to do it, <laughs> but uh you know, it's, it, it's out there. People know about it. It's all over the social, the social media. So uh, if you guys want to help out, please do so. Yeah. Yes. Check out 32 auctions.com slash D I F D. You can come to the event tomorrow night. Um, we'll have, if, if tickets stop going on sale or are done today, right. which is Friday, but if you show up at the door and you give us some money, we'll let you in. I promise. <laughs> um, and then also too, if you just like, if you've heard this and, and you want to help our cause, you can make a donation directly on our website at doitfordirect.com. Um, I have a, a group of friends, uh, a couple friends of mine that um, can't make it to the event on Saturday and he dropped a check off this morning. Um, and that was a huge, like a, I felt like a huge sign to what is going to be um, a great weekend. And so night, yeah. we're, we're excited. Yes, me too. Can't wait. All right. That's fantastic. Uh, Emily, before you get out of here, mom yeah. game, the mom game podcast. Um, yeah. fun. Great. It's been fun to watch as fellow podcasters. We, we enjoy yeah. it. So how, how did this thing come about? So, well, actually Julie Dobbs, who is still on the ticket, some, yeah. uh, formerly of Fox sports Southwest, the stars, um, she approached me a couple of years ago and was like, would you be willing? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> she, <laughs> said, um, she, she kind of begged and I thought, and it, again, back to the nicest person, like she's one of the nicest people I've ever met too. And there are very few people I would have done this with. And I just was like, she was so passionate about it, about starting this podcast. She felt like there was a niche for, to kind of appeal to. Um, you know, women who want to talk sports and also men who want some, you know, not just all, you know, all 22s video breakdown. And so yeah. more just like this kind of a fun, lighthearted, real look at, um, you know, our kind of our lives in, in the sports industry. I mean, we have a combined 35 years of experience in, in, the, in the business. And so we just felt like there was kind of this, she felt like there was kind of this niche for it. And I thought I'll give it you know, I'll give it a few months and see what happens. And then now we're, you know, Brand, branding and selling stuff. Yeah. And so it's been great and it's been really well received by men and women, which is great. And it's been a lot of fun. You know, it, my, my, my moments of brilliance and Rangers broadcasts are limited to about 30 to 60 seconds. And so <laughs> they only let me talk for so long on there. And so this is kind of a chance for me to, cuss a lot and drink some wine and um, tell everybody how I really feel. All right. Yeah. yeah. And it's <laughs> good. How could that go wrong? <laughs> And, and I've listened, I haven't, I haven't heard every episode, but I've listened to a lot of them. And when you had your husbands on, it's just anybody that's married, got kids and all of that. And you love sports and, and you're dealing with a wife who deals with me going to games all the time. Uh, it's fun to listen to, to, to hear that stuff. Emily, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the do it for Durrett. I said it right. The do it for hey. Durrett. Give that website one more time for the silent auction. Jeff. 32auctions.com slash D-I-F-D. I've got it called up right now. Um, at, at some point, I have it called up. Anyway, we're, we're doing a great job. 
That's and awesome. And then doitfordurit.com if you just want to donate. Um, but you might as well go bid on something. Maybe you'll win it and then you can donate too. But um, anytime doitfordurit.com will take your will take your money anytime, anywhere, for sure. That's right. Absolutely. Great cause. Guys, that's Emily Jones McCoy on here with us. Emily, thanks a lot. Sure. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, that was Emily Jones McCoy from uh, you, most of us. Uh, like I said, we know we know her from uh, the TV reporting uh, of the Texas Rangers. Been with the Rangers for a while. Okay, past that, do it for Durant. We talked about that. You guys get your tickets. It's it's Saturday, September twenty third, tomorrow night when we're doing because we're doing the recording right now. Go out. Yeah. I think there's still are there still some tickets left for the general mission. Are available through the end of the day. Okay, uh, not not tomorrow though. We're, we're cutting it off today to. Uh make things easier on planning and whatnot. But uh, the online auction, though, that we talked about, that still, that hums through uh, 9 p.m. Um, Saturday, 32auctions.com slash DIFD. And that'll take you right where you need to go. And okay. man, we got some great stuff up there. We talked about it. You know what? We'll link it out there today, too, where the auction is. Yeah. We'll, we'll get it out there today. Okay. Fall instructs. You you flew in Monday. What time did you get there? Uh, I think we landed at uh, 9.30. Um, you know, if the time zone changes, the 7.30 flight here, uh, Evan was on the flight with me. We had to go through El Paso, and then we, and then we, got, to, uh, we got to Phoenix a little, you know, like, yeah, 9.30. So I, I think I whipped into the, the complex at, at 10.45 um, after getting the car and all that stuff. So uh, I caught a little bit at the end of the, the workout Monday, the whole game, then Tuesday, full day, and Wednesday. There was no uh, instructs game, so I uh, just hung around the, the, the morning workout and got out. Got out of there. Okay, so so let me ask this. So tell me, you had some great videos up there. Anybody stand out? Um, I, I want to know about Zavala. You, you had some good video of Zavala. Did he stand out? Did you get a chance to talk to him at all? I did talk to him on, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, you know, I, I had written a story about him, I don't know, three weeks, a month ago. Yeah. On, uh, on, uh, JeffWilson.substack.com. He was a Friday on the farm and he talked about uh, the, the, the medical anomaly that, that he was, that was discovered as during the, the routine physical right. where he gets contract and, you know, the Rangers, it went down to the wire and the, the Rangers would just describe it as a medical anomaly. And, you know, I, 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 I guess it's just nature, but, you know, I go to the worst case scenario. I was like, oh, God, man, this guy have cancer. Sure. You know, does he, is he missing, a, you know, a chamber in his heart? I don't know. You know, something like that. And it, it ended up that he has a, a, a tumor, a very small benign tumor at the top of his uh, spine. And, um, you know, it, it's not... It's not malignant, not cancer. Yeah, and, and it's not prohibitive and, you know, not keeping him from doing any baseball activities at all whatsoever. I mean, I... And they don't want to probably go in and get that out because you're dealing with a spine? Yeah, and, and there's... It's it's not... They don't need to right now. Okay. It's just right. not a problem. So, um, anyway, How... uh, I, ta I talked to him then on the phone, and uh, I talked to him again Wednesday morning. Just a, a super nice guy like all these guys. Right. You know, that's the overriding mm -hmm. thing about the players in the organization. Right. They're just such nice people. Now he's been to college, <clears throat> mature. His dad's a police officer. So I think that, you know, there's probably a little more 
a little more discipline in the house than than uh, at least what's going on in the Wilson residence. And so, uh, <laughs> and the more residents, I've got a teenager out of control. So he's he just you know a good guy. So I, I started to introduce myself uh, through the through the fence while he was in the dugout, and he like stopped, dropped everything, came out, shook my hand, looked me in the eyes, had a nice conversation with me. Um, just you know a, a mature a mature mature kid. Uh, I'm, I'm a little taller than he is. Uh, I'm six one. He's probably five eleven. Um, I think he would beat me in the weight room, though. He's, he's thick. <laughs> me he's too. Big arms. He he knows what he's he knows his way around a weight room, and so I I, I think that's where <clears throat> you know the, the power is generated right there. Um, yeah, obviously, a great player who's the the Pac-12 Player of the Year. Right. Uh, uh, you look at, you look at the swing. It's it's smooth. It's you know, he, he, he's relaxed in the box and, and just uh, kind of an, an open stance, but it, you know, it, it generates some power. He hit a home run in the, in the Monday instructs game. So, um, you know, the Rangers have had terrible luck in the second round. Yeah. I think, I think he's got a chance to, to snap it. To snap it. Now, let me ask you this. Was there anybody there that you and I have not talked about yet? that kind of went, whoa, okay, that, you know what, that's, and, and it, it may be a name we know, but we just haven't really had a chance to talk about him yet. Was there anybody that just kind of went, wow, you know what, that's, that, that looks intriguing. Well, there were, there were a lot of pitchers, uh, actually. Um, um, you know, we, we talked about Ricky Venasco a lot. Sure. Uh, and, and I think we've mentioned TK Roby some, right. The, the third round pick in 2020. Right. Uh, this, this year there, 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 there are two that I'm going to bring up. Um, uh, John Ste- Ste- Stephan from uh, uh, South Grand Prairie High School. Yeah, I saw that name. I didn't even realize. Yeah, he, he's right around the corner. He signed as an undrafted free agent. Right. Uh, after um, uh, the, you know, the 2020 draft was only five rounds. Right. And the owners were being cheap. So um, he, he just signed for $20,000 and didn't go to – he was committed to Stephen F. Austin. Um, he, he looks, he looks good. He, he, um, uh, he, he's, when he was in high school, he was 88 to 92 with this fastball. Right. Uh, after a year in the Rangers throwing program, then going through instructs last year and then through the minor, you know, he, he's, he reaches 95 now. Holy cow. 92, 95, uh, throws a lot of strikes. He, he gave up a lead in the outing I saw, he gave up a, a lead off hit. Um, fell behind, gave up a leadoff hit, but then got the next three guys pretty easily. Um, so that that's a guy, not just local, but he's he's kind of made a, a name for himself. And then the other guy I wanted to uh, bring up was Mitch Bratt. He was the fifth round pick this year. Yeah, left-hander from Canada, and uh, in, interesting story that I'll get into on the newsletter. Okay, he uh, because of the the really tight COVID restrictions in uh, Canada, he. He thought it was best if he transferred to a high school in Georgia. Uh, I so think I saw something about this. He and a he and a teammate just packed up and, and bolted for for uh, Georgia outside of Savannah, and uh, he ended up going to the the uh, the draft the draft draft eligible league that they had for the first time this year. Right, did really well there. Uh, he was known, you know, it's not like he was unknown. He'd already committed to Florida State from what he'd done. Yeah, that's Canada. that's a good D one baseball yeah. school. Yeah. So, uh, but he he scouts had wanted to see him, 
and the best way to do it was for him to just up and, up and move. So uh, he did that. It's an interesting story, but he's a good guy who the, the Rangers like. Um, again, just an, another mature kid, and um, he, he pitched well, too. And he's, you know, in, in his pro debut, his first season, he pitched in the complex league. I think he made seven appearances or something like that, pitched seven or eight innings, didn't right. block anymore. Holy and cow. That's, that's, that's pretty impressive for an 18-year-old. For, for a Texas Ranger pitcher. <laughs> Let's go throughout the organization. I mean, walks have been one of the things that have always killed them uh, throughout sure. the organization. Hey, I noticed you, you did have a video of our buddy, Ricky. You saw him in person and up close. I mean, yeah. the weight's real. Yeah, it's he's he's entirely different than the last time I've seen him <laughs> yeah. uh, up close and personal. Um, did and he come say hi or? Oh yeah, we talked. We 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 talked to him formally. Evan and I did. I know, but uh, you know that that Sam Huff story that Evan wrote. Um, uh, and this yeah. Was Tuesday, we were going to talk to. I'd you know I didn't need to talk to Sam because he was on the he was on the, the podcast. podcast last yeah. Week. Great. And so uh, Evan needed to talk to him, and then we'd lined up Owen White and Ricky, and uh, so I'm you know we're up there, and then Owen comes out, and we're just waiting. Evan, Evan and, and Sam just kept talking and I, we get it because, you know, Evan can talk and so can Sam, but anyway, it took like 30 minutes. So right. I'm in there with, with Owen and uh, uh, Ricky, just, you know, talking, talking about whatever, talking yeah. about life itself. And finally, finally we were able to go more formal, but um, so I, I got to spend some good time with Owen and, and Ricky, I wasn't expecting, but uh, yeah, i watched Ricky's bullpen session on you, Tuesday. You got a video of it and there's a couple yeah, of pictures you yeah. that, that you've thrown in there of his bullpen. Uh yeah. it, you know, just from the video again, like I'm only seeing video. He looks yeah. bigger. Well, I, I caught probably the last uh, I got he threw 23 pitches. I probably saw 15 of them. I I think I've put posted five pitches. Right. Uh, but his last, you know, he'd been working from the stretch and then his last pitch, he just wind up through a fastball and there were three three coaches who were uh, behind it? Jeff Andrews, the Double A pitching coach; Doug Mathis, the Rangers pitching coach; yeah, Danny Holmberg, who's the Triple A manager, and and that pitched it the way it came in, you know, it and they were all just like shook their head; at it. They, they couldn't believe it. And so they they, they want you know this guy if he stays healthy, he's he is one of the Rangers' top three pitching prospects. Yes, uh, he could be he could be number one. Right. Um, could be number three. I, you could make a Casey's number two. Um, so anyway, I think top three. If you're top three, and now what is a pitching depth organization, which does have some good pitching all the way down. If you're in the top three, that's great. But yeah, you know, we keep hearing a little bit of grumblings of he might be the top pitching, pro- and that with that's with Jack Leiter in, in the organization. Sure, sure. Uh, Rick, Ricky's going to pitch. He's supposed to pitch. Next Friday uh, at TCU at uh, I don't know the game's at seven I think six or seven open to the public if you want to come out and see him he's going to start and pitch two innings and then uh, TK Roby's going to follow him up so he, he's Ricky's really pumped because he hasn't pitched with the crowd yeah did they give him and is he just going an inning uh, two innings yeah and and he hasn't so he hasn't pitched in front of a crowd and he hasn't pitched in a night game for forever. Right, two to two, two years, and so he's he's pretty fired up, and he wants to he wants to see how that affects him, um, yeah. you know, because it, it makes a big difference when you don't pitch in front of a 
a crowd when you're in an instructs game working on your mechanics. And, sure. Uh, now you say open to the public. Is it free tickets or you can just? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what was on the press release at least. Maybe maybe it's changed, but um, I skimmed yeah, so, it. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'm gonna make my way out there and. Uh, I think I'll join you actually if it's at night, especially uh, without a doubt. That's real easy to jump over there. Let me ask you this, uh, Owen White. So you talked to him. He had a unbelievable outing in the Arizona Fall League. Five innings, five strikeouts. I mean, he. So how was he? He he's 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 right in the group below Lighter Win and and Venasco, but he's got his velocity up to uh, he's touching ninety eight. Um, <laughs> He, he was sitting 95 in his in his uh, first uh, fall league outing. I, I didn't see how he did yesterday, uh, but he was pitcher of the week. Right. Uh, five scoreless innings. You know, um, he he's got he's got four pitches. Uh, he he's <laughs> looks a lot different than last time I'd seen him too. You know, you know these guys. Uh, last time I saw him, he had not had Tommy John surgery. He was just a uh, you know kid out of high school. Right. And, uh, Third round pick. Right. That year they took a. Second round pick. He was second. Okay. And then that, that was the year Mason Englert was like the fourth round fourth. pick. Right. Yeah, Cause I think Ornelius was in between them or something. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember. Is it either Ornelius or Slayton? But anyway, um, it's, um, he, he's, he's, he, you know, he's matured. He's 21 now, I think, you know, he, he's, he's entirely different. Right. Um, he, but he has an idea. He, you know, he competes. So he, which, which, you know, he, he broke his hand. Right. Promise not to uh, <laughs> use your non-throwing so, hand to hit something. If you need uh, to, then we talked about that. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, but he's, you know, he might be, he, he's in the second tier and, and probably toward the top of the second tier. Right. And that second tier probably includes Alexi, um, the, the, the Clint Otto. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe um, a, a couple others. You kind of wonder now about Yuri Rodriguez, uh, Ronnie Enriquez, you know, a lot of guys took steps this year that right. they didn't. So they, they might be looking at the back of the rotation or relief role, which is fine. Sure. But they, they can, they can make a jump back. You know, guys are allowed to get better. Yep. I, I, that's, that's my one thing that I always tell people who want to label a guy after a year or two, it's like, guys are allowed to improve. So, you know, it's, and, and, you know, careers are long and guys come at their own pace. So, it's um, it's it's hard to put a, to pin down what these guys are going to be, but sure. others definitely kind of jumped up ahead of them this year. Okay, now I heard that this guy was in Arizona and was a monster, and that was Byron Laura. Was he? Did you see yeah. him? Yeah, Byron Laura. Um, Byron Laura. I, I get all Byron, his names yeah. wrong. I'm I, a hick. I, 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 took, <laughs> I took some video of him. Uh, I just haven't posted it yet. Um, he, you know, he's, he's, uh, 18 or 19. You know, and he's now. big, right? He's huge. Yeah. He's, he's six, five to 240 or 250. Uh, he could probably use some, uh, uh, lean, lean, getting, getting leaner. I was about to say, is that, does, is that a good 240 or does, could, could he, uh, take the calories it's, the opposite way of, uh, Venasco? It's not the worst, but, uh, he's, he's, you know, he he's, doesn't look like Joey Gallo. Right. Um, and they're basically the same, the same height and weight. So you can draw your own conclusions. There. Absolutely. Uh, and he's a, he's a, look, he's a position player prospect, not a pitcher. So right, uh, you need to get right, a little more right agile. With tremendous power. And yeah. the power's real. Um, you know, he's hit home runs in the instructs games. 
I saw him taking batting practice on the field. Uh, he was, they, they started out as pretty interesting. They started out with flips for a round. And then, so those are pretty close. Yeah. Then they backed up a little bit, but still in front of the mound. And um, he, he was hitting flips out of the park. And, and then his, his round, his first, like his first couple rounds of BP, like Zavala and Davis Wenzel, uh, Ornelas and um, Dustin Harris were watching from the bench and Byron was hitting balls. He wouldn't just crush them. And, and uh, they all got reactions like these guys, would, they'd see it and they'd just start laughing. At how, how <laughs> and so um, it, it's there, but you know, he's been through a lot. He was in a car wreck in, in March. He was driving. One of his friends was a passenger and was killed. Uh, you know, yeah. The investigation over. He's not facing any, any legal difficulties. Um, but that's kind of a, that's a mental thing. Yeah. You know, um, it, it happened to, a similar thing happened to Ronald Guzman at, at about the same time Guzman was driving and, um, near his hometown in La Vega, the Dominican Republic and, um, a motorcyclist like ran a, a stop sign. He was, the motorcyclist was drunk, ran a stop sign, crashed into Ronald and was killed. Yeah. And it was, it was right after Christmas. Anyway, Ronald had to go to like, had to, they arrested him. <laughs> he had to go to jail and uh, he had done nothing wrong. And yeah. So it, it, you know, it, it yeah. It's, and it's, that's, that's it's horrible. It's a little bit different down there in the Dominican when it comes to uh, the legal system. But um, anyway, I think anytime you're involved in anything in which a person dies, whether it's your fault or not, yeah, you, you, there, it's a big deal. It's and, a lingering uh, effect. And in fact, he, he played last year in the Dominican. You know, like, like Byron knew this guy. So, uh, but you know, he, he appears to be okay from that. He's playing baseball. He played in the summer league, um, in Dominican. Yeah. Um, great, uh, like on base, uh, the Rangers want to be a little more aggressive. Like if it's outside of the strike zone, he doesn't swing. He was taking pitches. He was taking these flips Yeah. and, and pitches during batting practice that other guys would be swinging at. So they want him to understand like when it's okay to take a shot. Right power is and and to be a little more aggressive because he doesn't have to hit it real real hard and it's going to go so um but yeah he was there a, a lot of the, the dominican prospects were obvious language barrier Byron doesn't speak uh english uh, very well so, right sure uh, mm-hmm. we weren't able to talk to him just you know hello he can say hello and stuff like that yeah i just wanted it. to see, i've heard how big he is and that's why i was asking about it yeah he's huge yeah he's and, and we've we've heard his name you know, for the last year or two since they've signed him. And it's just, this is the kid. He was one of the top prospects that year coming out sure. of the Dominican. Uh, and it's just, he hadn't got yeah. here yet. And that, you know, the car wreck was sad. Yes. Yeah. He signed for 3.8 million. So. Right. Exactly. Money into this guy. And, and again, he had the best power of that whole uh, J2 class and the Rangers have it. And it's just, you know, he, he needs to develop other things, but it's, so does everybody. I mean, Josh Young probably has things he, he needs to develop. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, but but Byron again, he's young. He's still got still got a lot of time. So I I know this is a, I, I got to ask it since you know we're, we're partners here and you probably didn't. But any anybody uh, from the Rangers organization hint at all at what's going to happen this winter? I mean, did you catch any of them or talk to him? No, I'm sure. Not not really. Um, I I I kind of gathered that. 
the the yeah, it's going to be a, a focus on position players on bats. They, they, under, they understand where they are. I, I don't know if they think that that investing in a starting uh, in a top top of the market starting pitcher um, is fit. It kind of fits, you know. Right. You, I don't know if you want to sign a pitcher and give away a year of that contract. Uh, right. And you know, and I think I've written this, and we might even we did find, we talked about it last week. I don't, I don't think the pitching, the free agent pitching class is great. You know, I mean, there's some great names out there like Scherzer and Kershaw, who I don't think are fits at all. No, they're older. But then like, uh, you know, Robbie Ray and, and Marcus Stroman and Kevin Gossman. Yeah. You know, that, that's probably the group that's going to get the, the bigger deals because they're a little younger, but you know, do you, do you want to bring one of those guys in, commit that kind of money and, and waste a year, maybe two, or you could get spend it on position players um, and, who, and, who can carry a team. And, and let's and be and honest, if your bats are scoring and you get anyone that could eat some innings, you can make a deal at a trade deadline if you happen to be in it. Uh, well, I, we're not going to see them in it, but I mean, a, a deal that's long term. Sure. And then the, the idea is still to not rush the prospects. Sure. Um, you, you don't want to rush the pitching prospects and, and you want to add hitters to put around Josh Young and eventually like Sam Huff this year so that they come up and they don't feel like they have to be the guy in the lineup. Yeah. They don't have to carry the team. Yeah. It it, it helps. It helps them develop in a more pressure uh, free environment. I mean, there's always going to be pressure, but not as much without, you know, people can look at other guys and say, okay, this guy clearly is the guy that's got to carry the offense, not some, guy who's never been in the major league. Well, let me ask you this. So anybody that you've talked to that uh, sounds like we might have a chance to get them on here uh, in, in the next few weeks, uh, that's a great time to meet people. Spring training was that you, that, that you think maybe we – look, we're not guaranteeing anything. We never do because these things happen and the, when these guys are doing. But anybody that seems like, hey, yeah, let's get on there and talk. Sure. You know, I, 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 they, they just don't seem like people who tell you no in the first place. So, <laughs> um I've got, I've got, I've got a nice, a nice long list of numbers. So uh, we can, uh, we, we can try to get them on and, uh, and, you know, go from there. And I've, I've got a couple of other ideas. I, I still want to see if we can't get Chris Young to come on. We've had John Daniels and Chris Woodward on. So sure. we get uh, the, the third member of the Holy Trinity of the <laughs> baseball operations. Yeah. And, uh, see, see if they have anything to say. So, or if he has anything to say. Um, anyway, you know, and, and, and he's, he's, he's another interesting guy in that he got hired, um, this last off season. Um, but it was still pandemic. The, the, the vaccine wasn't out yet. So like, we didn't get, we didn't get a chance to get together with him as, as media members and like Evan Evan knew him from uh, the playing career, uh, but others don't know him. And even in spring training, we were we were at a distance and we, we were able to talk to him maybe once or twice, but it was in a mask and sure. uh, we were all kind of spread out a little bit and, you know, it's time to, it's time to get to get to know Chris Young a little bit better. And then, you know, and if we're the ones telling, telling us who he is to, to fans, fans need to get to know him too. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he, look, I, he's I, not going to divulge that they've uh, talked with this agent and it looks like they're close on a deal, but let's learn about Chris Young. He pitched for the Rangers. He grew up here in Dallas. He worked for the MLB offices. Well, I want to, there's a lot of questions I could ask Chris Young. Sure. 
And he played college basketball. Absolutely. For Princeton, no less. So he's a dumb guy. I mean, (laughs) okay, listen, before we get out of here, we've had a great one today. Emily, thanks for coming on. Before we get out of here, Buster only, uh, writer for ESPN, he kind of got this out yesterday. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors, by the way, gave a shout-out to our own Jeff Wilson here. In their, uh, you know, I kind of watched them, too, with all the offseason stuff. But Buster only put out that – he is hearing from other executives or whatever, I don't know who his contacts are, uh, that the Rangers are definitely in on the five big shortstops, could possibly look at signing two of them and moving one to another position. Um, I never thought of that, but, I mean, Trevor Story could play first base, I think, or maybe even outfield. Uh, Seager and Story, I mean, what, is, is, is that even a possibility? They got money. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the the one thing that they they have said, uh, the Rangers have said, is that there are a lot of ways that they can go about doing this. Yep. Uh, you know, they can get creative. They have a lot of different ways to fill positions on the team. Sure. And the Rangers have, honestly, they could they could fill every they could redo every spot. I mean, let's let's sure. be honest. I mean, Luis Garcia, uh, you know, he had a great great year overall but that second half wasn't great so sure. i'm not saying they're going to replace Adolis garcia but i'm saying that they could upgrade everywhere and um i i think that seems uh like spitballing but the rangers spitball i mean they yeah they they throw stuff on the wall and see if it sticks and that's part of what they did this week in those pro scouting meetings um you know and and john daniel said something pretty funny um this year they didn't have to turn the front page for all the, the all all the high price guys in the book. They could start on the first page and, and include them <laughs> rather, than, rather than just flipping and going to what was left. So um, so they I mean they're talking about everybody, you know. So that's 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 good. And it, again, it's it's fun for a fan. It's the first time that it's fun. And let's be honest. I mean, they, they can't be stupid. So you got to, if you're going to go sign a big name, you can't just sign the one big name. You, you need a couple of guys to come in here, really upgrade this offense and, and get it going. Just a few bats, a few good bats, two or three great bats could turn Adolis Garcia into a monster, could make, uh, you, you know, you protected in that lineup. There are some guys in that lineup that could really blossom from having a good bat in there. Yeah, and uh, and that gets back to what I just said when talking about the prospects. You, you sign these hitters to give the prospects a chance to breathe a little bit. Take Absolutely. So, you know, does Adolis Garcia see more fastballs uh, if if everybody knows that Corey Sears behind him? I, I don't know. Just sure. throwing that out. Yeah, you're throwing out names. Yeah, we're not predicting yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same, same thing with Nate Lowe. You know, get pressure off of those guys, uh, you know, it makes your lineup deeper. You know, it puts pressure on the pitcher. You know, he, he can't get away with the same stuff. He, you know, he, so it, it's a big difference. That's why I think they signed multiples. I don't know if it's multiple shortstops, uh, <laughs> but Buster only, not us. That was Buster only better, but a shortstop and an outfielder. Sure. You know, it just, it, and, and then let's say you have a, uh, Trevor story and, and, Chris Bryant to go with Lowe, Garcia, and Young, that's five pretty formidable bats. And the Rangers did not have five 
formidable bats in their lineup at all this year. No, they didn't. And let's be honest, it's really good for the Texas Rangers if Josh Young is batting at the beginning of the season seventh or eighth in the lineup. He's batting. He needs to be off the pressure, sit back there, and do what he did. And then when he's batting second or third in the lineup, it's because I got to get him up and get more at bats because he is just killing pitching. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's the idea. You know, you'll, you'll see guys get called up, and they'll bat low in the order. You know, they don't just go right into the middle of the order on these contending teams. Sure. Uh, and, and that's the way, like, Ron Washington used to do it. And, and even Jeff Bannister, you call up a prospect, all right, he's going to bat eight or ninth. So, uh, no pressure. No, no pressure. I think that's why, you know, Leody Tavares – uh, that he shouldn't have, they shouldn't have been in the discussion to be the leadoff hitter last year. I know that's what they wanted, but you know, that's, that's your table setter and that puts a lot of pressure on the guys. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, oh, we're going to get, that, that, is, that is interesting what Buster wrote. I mean, it's, it's, it's not impossible, you know, it's not the money's there because look, it's one of those guys is going to get major buku bucks. Some of those guys might get still a lot of dad gum money, but you, you yeah. may not have to go 10 years on them or something like that. You know, look, somebody can slide to a DH first base role in their later years. Uh, Beltre was just stellar at third base his entire career over there. I mean, you, we could see he slowed down a little bit. Shortstop is a position, though, that that if you are a great shortstop, eventually you can move over to the corner or somewhere and play somewhere else if a young kid comes up and you lose your legs just a little bit. Um, yeah. But but who knows? <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, Cal Ripken, Alex Rodriguez, they moved from shortstop to third base. So, absolutely. Uh, Beltre sure. came up a shortstop. So, I mean, there's just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, you also got Josh Young. And Josh, Josh as, as, is will, I, I would assume, is willing to play other positions like, like, you know, spring training, he would do that. Uh, last year at the, uh, the alternate camp, he would do that. Second base, outfield, he just, he's a ball player. Yeah, he just he, wants to be on the field. Yeah, and, and I don't want to say anybody can play first base, but I, I think Josh could probably very capably handle himself over there. Absolutely. Guys, we're going to get out of here. Thanks to Emily Jones-McCoy for joining us. Don't forget tomorrow night, it's Do It For Durrett. Do It For Durrett. Sorry, I keep saying that wrong. Do It For Durrett. Uh, Jeff, um, anything else before we roll? No, uh, just uh, uh, another uh, shameless plug for uh, Jeff Wilson's Texas Rangers newsletter. Um jeffwilson.substack.com, $5.99 a month or $60 for a year. The YouTube channel. Yes. Go to, go to YouTube and search for Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. There's uh, some episodes of, of what we're doing right now, yep. plus the prospect videos we referenced earlier. Yep. And then, uh, you know, do it for Durrett, 32auctions.com uh, slash DIFD will get you a slice of that chance at the silent auction and uh, you're helping a very worthy cause. Absolutely. Okay, guys, that's it. Until next week, or next if we do next week or the week after, we're slowing down, but we're, we're going to be here. Guys, see you at the yard. <laughs>